This episode and every episode is brought to you by Progress, the makers of Telerik.net and Kendo UI JavaScript components and controls, helping you easily build modern, high-performant web, mobile, desktop apps, and even chatbots. If you enjoy the show, please check us out at Telerik.com and see what we have to offer. Welcome to Eat Sleep Code, the official Telerik podcast. I'm your host, Ed Charbonneau, and with me today is Olya Gavrish and Daniel Jacobson. They are working here at Microsoft, and we are live at Build 2019. How are you all doing? Thank you. Very good. Yeah, I'm doing great. It's been an amazing event so far. It has been a lot of fun, and I've got the both of you here. And for listeners who don't know who you are, why don't you give us a little information about yourselves and tell us a little bit about what you're working on. Sure, I can start. I'm working as a program manager on .NET team, and right now I'm working on Windows Forms and the porting to .NET Core. And I work as a program manager on Visual Studio. For the past almost five years, I've been focused on tools for Windows developers. So UWP developers, WPF developers, uh, WinForms developers, you name it. So we have two experts here today to talk about WinForms development and desktop development, and it's nice to have both sides of the equation, because we have the .NET team and the tooling team, so we can talk about Visual Studio and all the tight integration that has to happen between the two. That's mm -hmm. right. So you guys are here at Build. There must be something that you're here to announce or really excited about, so let me get uh, sure about that. Yeah, so what I'm really excited about that's coming up is the future of .NET with .NET 5 announcement, as well as our .NET Core 3.0 release date. Uh, later this September, uh, finally bringing support for WPF and Windows Forms. And we also have .NET Core support for the UWP roadmap. So we're finally starting to consolidate these Windows platforms on a, on a singular runtime, uh, which is really exciting. And it's going to enable a lot of uh, opportunities for developers to create shared components that they can use across all of these um, and really leverage the full power of Windows in a single application. So rather than building a WPF or a WinForms or a UWP app, you build a .NET Windows application, and you can leverage everything that Windows has to offer. So we're bringing the .NET Core framework to the desktop now. So it's something that's new. We haven't had it in the space before. We had it on the server mm -hmm. uh, and for web development things, but we haven't had the .NET Core runtime on the desktop. That is correct. That's and right. That's paving the way, and this is coming in ASP.NET Core, but this is paving the way for 1.NET or .NET 5, correct. as we're calling it. Right. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, so when we think about .NET Core, that usually means cross-platform. Is that what we're talking about today? So with Windows development on .NET Core, so WPF, WinForms, or UWP, those are Windows-specific technologies. And under the hood, they have some lower-level Windows dependencies, uh, primarily around the rendering stack. Uh, so those will only work on Windows devices. Um, but the benefit of that is is uh, we, we notice a lot of uh, .NET developers have symmetry between client and server applications. And so leveraging .NET standard uh, as kind of the shared component model, you can create a lot of shareable assets for cross-platform server applications and Windows client applications. And the, what's the what's kind of the driving factor that's you know moving you guys to work on this new direction for the desktop? Um, yeah, so a lot of what has been motivating us is really the community and customers. Uh, we've been hearing loud and clear that um, people are excited about what we've been doing with UWP and Windows 10, but due to 
kind of slow adoption rates of the latest version of Windows 10. A lot of times they can't leverage those technologies or maybe certain restrictions from the app container makes it difficult for them to achieve what they need to do in their productivity-focused desktop applications. And so with .NET Core and with a lot of the decoupling work that's going on in the Windows platform, that um, we're really trying to address those customer needs that we've been hearing. Um, one example would be like, I want to use the latest Windows 10 XAML. It's it's built on a native component. It's more performant. Well, now you can you can do that with XAML Islands, or um, you want to replace your kind of old click once legacy deployment solution that that may or may not work well for you. Uh, we're trying to bring MSIX support even down level with MSIX Core. So um, all of these are done with customers in mind and and with customer voices um, kind of constantly mm-hmm. in the back of our head. So I've heard XAML Islands before, and I think that was something that got released at Build last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not quite familiar with that myself. Can you tell us a little bit more about sure. what XAML Islands is? So XAML Islands was announced as a preview last year, and it's it's released in the May 2019 update of Windows 10. Um, and what it enables you to do is in a .NET Framework or .NET Core, WPF or WinForms or even native desktop application, you can host uh, the Windows 10 XAML content. So all of the work we've been doing in XAML for UWP um, is now available in pretty much any application running on Windows 10. Um, so a lot of that is really just so that um, one one good example of why someone would really care about this is if they need a more accessible or, or a UI that supports natural user input modalities such as ink or touch or voice or things like that that are really built in by default in Windows 10 that weren't uh, as easily consumable in, in WPF or WinForms or things like that. So this is a easier migration path than for an app that I wrote prior mm-hmm. to Windows 10, but I want to start adding some of the new features yeah. and not completely rewrite the thing Correct. from scratch. Yeah, so in the past, you would have had to completely rewrite your application to leverage Windows 10 XAML. And I wouldn't even call it necessarily a migration strategy. I would call it an upgrade strategy. You have existing applications. You want to upgrade them over time to build new features and, and new functionality and new value to your customers. And now you can just do that. It's it's not like really a, a, a massive migration effort. It's it's really just a new release or a new major update. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a, a very common story across different Microsoft platforms or at least .NET platforms that I've been seeing here at Build. Uh, I know you guys are working on desktop stuff. I just got done talking to Daniel Roth a few minutes ago. About Blazor? And, yeah, about Blazor, <laughs> and you're able to take Blazor components and use them in MVC pages and Razor pages. So there's, again, this bridge that mm-hmm. lets you uh, have a clear path to you know, updating or upgrading your app, like you said, yeah. uh, to take advantage of the newer technology. So it's great to see that no matter what part of the platform, desktop, web, mobile, there's these paths that are being driven yeah. uh, that allow us to easier, you know, an easier path to, to newer technologies. It's really cool. Yeah. And a lot of those decisions really are from like the, uh, from Microsoft and, and our dev tools and platforms team, really internalizing feedback from customers that they can't rewrite an application just to take advantage of one or two new features even if they really want those things. Mm-hmm. And so, again, this is really centered around community and customers telling us, we want these things, but we can't rewrite for them. And so now we're really trying to enable those in all of our platforms. Yeah, yeah. the feedback I've been hearing from my WinForms users are that WinForms is amazing tech. It's very easy to create a simple UI. You don't need to have a background knowledge, but why are you guys not doing anything for like 10 years? Like the UI controls looks pretty old. We would like to get new features. And that's why now with .NET Core, you can uh, have all the new features of Core or UWP and WPF in your WinForms applications. And so one of, one of the things 
that we talk about when we think of ASP.NET Core and .NET 5 is open source. Right. Is that something that is happening with the desktop world now? Yeah, absolutely. We In December last year, we open sourced Windows Forms, WPF, and UWP UI. So now we uh, have community contributing to our repositories and we're developing those technologies in the open. We actually got a lot of feedback and lots of PRs and great help from our contributors. We met some of them at Build here and it was very nice talking to them, thanking them for all their help in our area. So this goes for all of the avenues to create apps too, like WinForms is open source, and yes. WPF is open source. Yes. And I think UWP, was that open source from the get-go? Uh, no. So it's it's called Windows UI Library, and they were original, originally not open sourced. Um, I think it was sometime in 2018 they opened the repository, but with the December announcement, uh, that's when they contributed a, a major uh, merge of pretty much all of the source for their native platform controls. Uh, so if you want to see how we build, like... Um, Ink Canvas as an example, or, or some of these more advanced controls, you can actually go and see how they do those things. And what's kind of the motivation for folks to bring their apps to .NET Core on the desktop? Like we, what 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 are some of the benefits that we get from from bringing us to the new technology? So once we created .NET Core, we got a chance to rethink everything and do it in the more optimal way. And uh, the first great feature that comes to my mind is side-by-side -side deployment of multiple versions of .NET Core on the same machine. Because the feedback we've been hearing many times that in framework world, you can have only one version on your machine. And if you want to uh, benefit from the newest features, you need to upgrade the installation of the framework on all machines that your app is running. And that can be risky and sometimes it breaks all applications. And that's why we couldn't innovate at the speed we, we wanted to uh, in the framework world. In .NET Core 3, you can specify in your application which version of .NET Core you would like to target for your application and you can install as many different versions of .NET Core on the same machine. So that enables us to uh, incorporate the new features that are coming in new versions of .NET Core right away without being afraid that our old applications would break. We don't have to update the version on, the mach on all machines. Another great feature is self-contained deployment, where I can go further and I can pack the um, binaries for .NET Core with my application. And that way, uh, I don't depend on the environment that my application is running on. I provide the framework, in this case, .NET Core framework, with it. And uh, we have performance improvements, right, for .NET Core. Mm -hmm. uh, Many other features, all language updates are coming with core. So now WinForms WPF applications can benefit from all those features if they're targeting .NET Core. Yeah, I've seen uh, and I've, I've followed along with uh, the web side of things for .NET Core for quite some time now. And I've watched them push the needle on performance and they've gotten insane uh, performance metrics and gains out of .NET Core 
as a platform. Mm -hmm. So now you're you're able to get that on the desktop as well. Those performance. So uh, you'll notice uh, a certain class of performance improvements in desktop applications. Uh, we haven't had the the opportunity yet to optimize some desktop specific things that are more important, such as like startup performance or rendering performance. But for those workloads that are heavily optimized for web, you'll notice improvements in desktop too. So networking, file IO, database access, those types of things are going to be much faster in .NET Core for desktop apps. And one of the, the other benefits, I think um, it, it's hard to emphasize how meaningful the ability to have side-by-side -side versions of .NET Core is because mm -hmm. Developers can innovate at their own pace without having to worry about compatibility risks, and we can too, um, because we have this kind of flexibility. And, and this doesn't mean we're going to break compatibility. We're still going to try to remain as highly compatible as we can, but we can innovate so much faster knowing that um, developers take a dependency on a version of .NET that's going to work for them. And so we can make these performance improvements and we can do these things without fear of breaking the world with, that we have with .NET Framework. And so each new release is going to bring new value to customers, which will be much faster than we were able to do with Framework. Very nice. Do you guys know um, what the language features are like? Do we get to use the latest and greatest version of C Sharp with our Windows desktop apps? Yes. Of core? So with .NET Core, you will get the latest and greatest uh, language features in C Sharp um, and .NET. And the one that I think I'm most excited for is default interface implementations in C Sharp 8. Um, nice. If you think about like the, the typical WPF developer implementing iNotify property changed in every single view model class, and it's the same method in every single view model class, it's just redundancy. And now you have a default interface implementation. You can just implement that interface and you're done. It's going to be awesome. I, I think you just sold many people. <laughs> On the idea already. Yes, and we're we're also uh, we're actually proactively right now looking for feedback on improving productivity doing MVVM development in Visual Studio. Um, so reach out to us at XamilDesignerFeedback at Microsoft.com. And it's all .NET standard, right? So you can just grab things out of NuGet that are .NET yes. standard implementations right. and use those. Yep. Uh, yeah. We've seen this uh, in all sorts of stuff lately, and it's it's really phenomenal, uh, especially with the .NET five announcement that I've got this NuGet library full of these really cool tools that I already know and love from maybe I've done a XAML project or a, a web forms, or sorry, a, um, an MVC project or something mm -hmm. like that that's uh, using .NET standard. Um, and then we have Blazor and I can run it in the client and yeah. I, now I have .NET Core on the desktop and yep. I can pull it in there. So we're rewriting less code and having uh, having less to worry about like what version of the framework somebody's using. Correct. If it's .NET exactly. standard, it just works. Yeah, I think .NET standard really helped accelerate the like maturation or maturation pro process of .NET, of the .NET Core ecosystem. Because like you said, with .NET standard libraries, you don't have to rewrite like, oh, a desktop specific class library. It's just going to work across all of those different runtime kind of environments. So. It, it adds to a lot of code reuse too. Yes. I can create my business logic and it doesn't matter what my UI is. Mm -hmm. uh, I can take that same business logic and start porting it over to, or not even porting, that's not even the right word. Just reusing just, it. Yeah, reuse it. Yeah. Uh, I can take my same uh, uh, business logic for a desktop app that's written on .NET Core and use that in a XAML, mm -hmm. or uh, sorry, a Xamarin application if I want a mobile Correct. view of it. And I can use it in the browser and With all sorts Blazor, of stuff. Yep. So it's very cool. .NET it's, running everywhere. It's, it's the uh, it's the thing that people have wanted since uh, the beginning, and I, I think uh, Scott Hunter was talking a little bit about me with it, uh, me about this yesterday, and he said, you know, this was the idea, and 
and .NET Framework uh, 4 just got gigantic and 4.8 is shipping and it's great, but it's very heavy. And he That's said right, uh, yeah. .NET Core was a chance to trim the fat and make this lightweight, nimble version of .NET that we can run all over the place and reuse our code uh, without a lot of overhead and mm -hmm. do side-by-side -side yeah. installs, like you said. Right. And uh, it's very exciting. Uh, so what type of advice do you have for people that are interested in building .NET Core applications for the desktop? So I would say for desktop applications, if you're starting your new application, definitely target .NET Core because that is the fast-moving.NET. All the new greatest features will go there. You will get many benefits that you don't have in .NET Framework. If you have application that has been written some time ago, so it's targeting .NET Framework, you can think about porting to core or you can stay on the .NET Framework. .NET Framework will be supported till Windows exists and it's safe to leave your app on Framework if you're not doing any active development. But if you want any features that are available in core only or if your application is an active development, you can consider retargeting to core. For that, you don't need to rewrite your application from scratch. You can evaluate how compatible it is with the .NET Core. And if it is, you can simply change the target version in your project file from .NET Framework to .NET Core and you'll be running on Core. And you're probably curious how you can assess if your application is compatible with Core or not, right? Absolutely. Okay. It might happen that you're using in your app some functionality that is framework only. And there is a way how you can, in just a few clicks, find out if that is a case or you can move to core with no problems. And it's called Portability Analyzer. And we have a, a blog post about it on our .NET blog. You can just Google Microsoft Portability Analyzer. It's a very simple desktop tool. You download it from our blog post. You run it. You specify the path to your uh, code. Click Analyze, and you will get Portability Report. It will show you how compatible every uh, assemblies are with .NET Core 3. So if it's green, 100% compatible, go ahead, retarget to core. I'm sure you will enjoy all the new features. If it's less than 100%, you can look at details and see what types or members your application is using that is not available in core. And for many cases, there are newer APIs that provide similar functionality. So you can just um, avoid using the old ones, use new ones that would uh, let you upgrade your app and make it more productive, more modern at the same time. And that enables you to target to core instead of framework. So it really depends on your application. You can run Portability Analyzer, assess how much work will it be to port, and if it's not much work or if you really want to do that work, I would definitely recommend to retarget to .NET Core. So if I'm a WinForms developer, and we get uh, work at Telerik, and we have a lot of WinForms customers, and people love their WinForms. That's true. Uh, yes. Yeah. That's something that's, you, you said it was moved to .NET Core. Do I still have a designer and an experience like that? 
Yes, you will have a designer. That is what team is working on right now. So at this moment, Windows Forms designer is not available yet. It will be soon. But even now, you can still use the traditional .NET Framework designer. And there are a few tricks how you can do it. You can either have two projects, one targeting .NET Framework, another targets .NET Core, and you simply link all files from your core project, uh, from your .NET Framework project to core, right? So you have one set of files and two projects that are linking that same set of files. So whenever you need designer, you open your .NET Framework project and you have the full experience of the traditional tooling. But when you compile it, uh, you compile your .NET Core app, uh, prog project you have all .NET Core features. And another way would be similar, you just have two project files sitting next to each other. One has a target framework as the core, another is .NET Framework. So you have to reload your project with the project file that you need at this moment. If you need designer, reload it with framework project file. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you but there's have a brand new designer coming as well, too. It, it is, yeah. But hopefully your productivity would not be affected. You just have a tricky way of using old designer while WinForms team is working on the new one. And for those of you interested in, in the reason why we're building a new designer, it's mostly due to necessity. Um, the old design tools, both WinForms and WPF, were rebuilding the XAML designer for WPF, but um, it, we just released it in preview actually Monday, so yesterday. Um, but the reason we have to rebuild things is um, previously all of the design tools, <coughs> excuse me, um, all of the design tools ran in the same process as the designer. And so you had like direct access to the types and things like that um, hosted in another .NET Framework process, Visual Studio. Now, um, because we're running a .NET Core process, your application code in the design surface, um, we're essentially decoupling all the design tools from the design surface and bringing them into Visual Studio. And we have to build this interaction layer where the design tools can talk to the .NET Core process running in the designer and back and forth. And um, so it's, it's, it's a pretty big re-architecture work. There will be some benefits, especially from the XAML side, which I'm a little more familiar with. Um, since it's a lighter weight process, it's ideally going to load faster, start up faster. Um, and if something does cause it to crash, maybe there's like user code that's crashing. Um, when that's fixed, it'll again relaunch much more quickly, um, things like that. So, Yeah, I, I know uh, people really love their WinForms designer. Mm -hmm. So they will be very happy to know that it's Coming moving back. forward. Yeah. Uh, we, we did get uh, kind of um, uh, an announcement with the .NET 5 stuff that WebForms won't move forward because uh, of some really tough dependencies that it had and it mm -hmm. didn't quite fit the overall uh, theme of .NET Core and .NET 5. Uh, so when WinForms, on the other hand, looks like a different story yep. and yes. uh, developers yeah. don't need to worry that that's going to go away. It won't. It's actually going to oh. move forward with the rest of uh, the Windows desktop family. So that's really exciting news. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. <laughs> Uh, so with that said, you know, I'm talking about you know, the community really enjoying their WinForms tools. Do you have any other uh, examples of community feedback that you guys have taken uh, in? Actually, we, ha we have a good example. So initially when we ported Windows Forms to core, we did not bring chart control. And uh, the reasons for that was that control was owned by another team. It was li living in the other repository. So when we brought all WinForms code chart control was not there. 
But then we got a feedback from the community that some applications really depend on that control and our users would like to see it in core. So we took ownership of that uh, control and we ported it to core. Now it's available as a... Um, do you remember the the full DLL name? It's uh, system windows dot that windows forms that data dot visualization or something. Data visualization. That that's true. Yeah, and uh, you can just install it as a NuGet package, and you'll get your chart control back. Um, we got a very a lot of positive feedback after we did that. So it really helps us to hear user voice to know that we are doing the right thing or to learn what else we can do to make our users' life easier and better. I, th I think feedback is one thing that uh, the Progress Telerik, uh, the company I work for, aligns very closely with the types of initiatives you guys have. Is yeah. We listen very closely to customer feedback and we take it very seriously and integrate it deeply into our products. Mm -hmm. um, and these things can help control our roadmaps uh, features that we add and what we add to documentation and we you know depends on the scenario but we try to turn around as fast as possible adding something like a, a, a complete uh, visual visualization of data might be uh, something's a little more long term but we've taken uh, we've had people ask for uh, how do I build this um, in uh, uh, Visual Studio Code or something like that and added documentation like within the next days and uh, that type of quick response to customers is is really what we you know try to try to provide. Um, so we kind of got a really good overview I think of everything that we can expect from uh, .NET Core on the desktop but if we want to learn more about it and want to keep update uh, up to date with what you are all doing, uh, what are some of the resources that we can go to to find out more and, and make sure we're in tune with the latest releases? Sure. So we're doing a lot as open source. So I would, I would definitely star the, the GitHub repositories, get updates there. Um, there's the .NET slash WPF repository, .NET slash WinForms repository. And then there's the uh, WinUI library GitHub repository. There's a shortcut actually for that one, aka.ms slash WinUI. Um, you'll see updates in those repositories as we continue to invest in these solutions. And then I would also encourage you to, to subscribe to a couple of different blogs. There's the Visual Studio developer blogs, there's the .NET blogs, and then there's also the Windows developer platform blogs. Um, the combination of those three, you'll get all of the news uh, related to what's up and coming for Windows developers from a tooling standpoint, from a .NET platform standpoint, and from a what's new in Windows 10 standpoint. Excellent. So I just want to thank you guys for your time. It's a very busy show this week, mm -hmm. and uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show to talk with me about yeah, the Windows desktop. It's my thank pleasure. You. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to Eat Sleep Code. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a like or a share from iTunes or SoundCloud. And visit us at Telerik.com.